All right, so Matt, there was this elderly couple that was sitting in church one Sunday, and the wife turns to the husband and she says, I just let out a really long, silent fart. What should I do? And the husband turns to her and smiles and says, well, dear, I think first you should replace the batteries in your hearing aids. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Everybody and welcome to the graveyard. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Adam. And my name's Matt. Now, pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is Graveyard Tales. <laughs> All right, everybody. Here we are again. Matt, how you doing tonight, brother? Man, I'm great. Awesome. Weather's getting cool. Oh, I know. You can hear the crunch of leaves when you're walking through the yards. Yeah. I'm so glad that the weather is changing because the the fall is my favorite time of year. Oh, I love it. And it reminds me of that joke, you know, in the rest of the world, they call it autumn because it's the change of an equinox and all that. And in the U.S., we call it fall because leaves fall down. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. When but, you say fall, everybody's like, what? Yeah. Well, yeah. Unless you're here. Yeah, unless you're here. But this episode is uh, dropping on Halloween, so or the day before Halloween, I should say. So happy Halloween, everybody. That's um, right. If, if you're listening to this the morning it drops, then it'll be tomorrow. But I'll tell you, happy Halloween anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine that with Halloween being on a Saturday, that everybody is just going to make a big weekend of it. Sure. You know, yep. what, whether whether the kids are going to get to trick-or-treat where you are or not, you know, there's there's going to be some some celebrations with a, a, a weekend Halloween. I mean, right. there's just nothing better. Oh, I know. I love it. Real quick. Uh, we want to tell you to go check out the Podbelly Network. Go to podbelly.com and find information on how to record your episode, how to up your episode recording game, or to find other shows that you might not find normally. Um, if you're watching the video, if you're one of our $10 patrons, and um, actually I'll probably put this out for everybody since it's a holiday episode. Everybody on Patreon will get to see this episode. So if you're one of our patrons and you're watching this video, you'll not only see Matt's new um, studio behind him, uh, you'll see mine that I've redone behind me, um, and you'll also notice that our video is different. Um, You can see the difference. We're going to be using this program uh, for our live stream, which is later today, so that probably won't help you on that, but, you know, um, (laughs) we... uh, uh, we decided we were going to try this out, so let us know what you guys think about this layout for the video and all that. If you're not a patron, go over to patreon.com and search Graveyard Tales, and you can become a patron for $1, $5, or $10. Um, different perks for each uh, little tier that you join. Um, 
So go do that if you have not. We want to remind everybody to send in stories for our holiday episode at Christmas. Um, we're doing another listener stories episode. This will be volume four, uh, ah, the listener yeah. stories episode. So if you got a story, if you've heard a story from a friend of yours, uh, send it in. If you have a favorite fictional story, send it in. Just let us know that it it is a fictional story and we'll read it and send us whatever. We love doing this on the on the Christmas, you know, the Christmas week there. We try to drop it. Right. Uh, right around Christmas. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I mean, we get some fantastic stories. So, you know, whatever you got, you know, send it in. This, this is this is y'all's episode. Absolutely. Um, You know, we're, we're throwing it back to you guys. We're we're bringing back that tradition of telling ghost stories, you know, around the fire on Christmas Eve. So, you know, scary, weird, odd, you you name it. We want it. Send it in. Absolutely. Um, remember, uh, talking about sending stuff in, we have a voicemail now. You can call us and leave us a voicemail. It's 430-558-1304. You can also text that number if you have something real quick that you want to text us and tell us. You know, Give us a call. Shoot us a text. Uh, we'd be happy to hear from you. We may use the voicemail on like a bonus episode or something like that. So if you don't want us using it, please specify you know, don't use this um, on any episode. I don't want anybody hearing my voice. Just let us know. Um, <laughs> I, I'm in the witness protection program. Right. And I, I can't. <laughs> right. Exactly. Please let us know that. So we, we don't get either one we, of us in trouble. We, we don't want to rat you out. Yeah, right. Um, speaking of episodes, uh, go subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not yet. We've been putting up new episodes since the 1st of August. Um, so all of the episodes from August up till now are on there and we're going back and putting older episodes on there too. Um, so, you know, your favorite episode, if you've got one may pop up, uh, makes it easier to share with them on YouTube and all that. And so if you have not subscribed to us on YouTube, go over there and click subscribe. You can click the bell on YouTube and it will notify you when we update with a new episode hit the bell hit the bell i hear that all the time because my my kids watch youtube yeah right Uh, michael does too that's where i learned that from (laughs) um so i mean that's all i've got so matt why don't you tell us what are we talking about tonight brother okay so tonight we're we're going to dig into yet another native american uh, legend, I guess you would say it, it's, I, I don't know. It seems more than, more than just legend. Yeah. I mean, this was kind of part of their culture and and it's really, really interesting. And, and you'll see why as we get into it, but tonight Adam and I are going to discuss now, this is one thing we did not discuss before we hit record how to pronounce this word. I've heard now, it two different ways. So have I. But I think the way I hear it more is going to be with with the the hard ch. So yep. we're going to say we're going to say chindi. Yep. We are we are going to discuss the chindi. Right now that that may be something that uh, that you've heard before. Um, I I had heard it because there's a, a pair of uh, 
authors that, that write books that I really enjoy, and they have a lot of Native American history and folklore tied into their books. And so I had heard it through that. I had never really dug into what it was. Um, but, I, but we really think you're going to enjoy this. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it's really cultural, but it's, it's got some pretty dark undertones. Yeah, um, very much I mean, so. Really? So, you know, we've talked about skinwalkers in the past, and we, we've talked about other Native American traditions and legend and folklore. You know, and this goes right along with it. Um, but, you know, without, without listening to me babble anymore about what it is, let's actually <laughs> tell them what it is, Adam. So, you know, let, let's talk about the Chindi. All right. So, like Matt said, this is, this is a Native American... Uh, I say legend, and I, I, you know, I think that kind of puts a, 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 a fictional spin on it, which we are not trying to do. You know, that's just what what it's labeled as is legend. Um, does not mean that it it is less valid than anything else. Um, but it's it's from the Navajo culture, and. The Chindi is is very prominent and very feared in the Navajo culture. And Chindi is actually the Navajo word for ghost. And they say, you know, this is not the nice ghost. This is not something that you want to come in contact with. This ain't no Casper. No, it's not. <laughs> not at all. Um, because the Chindi represents everything that was bad about a person. So basically the Chindi contains all of that person's accumulated sins over their entire lifetime. So if you think about it, some people, you know, they got a pretty mild Chindi. They just got basically a smart aleck jerk uh, roommate Chindi, you know, it's just kind of irritating. It's not real bad. <laughs> he's, but, a, he's just annoying to have around. You yeah, know, exactly. Leaves the, leaves the toilet seat up, you know, he won't, won't close the cabinet doors right yeah then you got the lights on <laughs> then you got other people that are like you know btk chindis that are just right. you know full-on murderous whatever so it kind of runs the gamut but it's uh, the the chindi is inherently a negative spirit it's not right you you're not going to run into a good chindi um and unlike Nowadays, where people want to have interactions with ghosts and spirits, you know, whether it be their loved ones or not, um, you know, people go out intentionally seeking ghosts like Matt and I do, you know, a couple of dummies going out intentionally trying to find some ghosts. Um, that was not always the case. Having a ghost appear before you was never really thought of as a good thing back then, um, even if the ghost was someone that you truly loved because it meant that something had gone terribly wrong if you're seeing their spirit. Right. I mean, the, the whole idea of, you know, the afterlife in, in a lot of Native American tribes is, is different than what um, I, I, I think, you know, traditional Western society uh, envisions. Mm -hmm. When you start talking about the afterlife, it, you know, in, in what I researched, especially in, in the Navajo tribe, um, you know, the afterlife is just 
is much like it, it is now. It's you're just in a in a different place, right? And you know, it, it's it's not a, a punishment. It's not a reward. It's just different, right? But you know, the the key is is that when someone passes, you want that transition to the afterlife to go smoothly for them. Mm-hmm. And and you know, a lot of times, seeing a spirit especially of someone that you loved and cared about, like Adam said, was an indicator that maybe that transition did not go the way it was supposed to go. Right. Um, So let's discuss that, actually, Um, because the belief is that when a person dies, the chindi will leave their body. Now, among the Navajo death customs is the belief that the chindi lingers around a dead person's possessions or corpse after they die for a certain period of time. And and we've heard that from many other cultures, that there is a belief that your spirit doesn't immediately travel on to the afterlife after you die. There's a three-day waiting period. There's a week, whatever, whatever the case may be, that spirit hangs around prior to moving on. So mm-hmm. um, they believe that as well. So what they do is they will destroy um, a lot of the belongings of this person. So, you know, they can avoid the ghost hanging around these items. Um, If they don't destroy them, then they will move them and put them away somewhere where they can avoid them and not come in contact with them. Now, After death, the deceased name is never spoken for fear that the chindi will hear it and come and make one ill. So we'll talk about that illness here shortly. Um, But so after after the person dies, they don't do what we do and speak the name of the person quite a bit and talk about them a lot. They avoid that in order to avoid drawing attention, the attention of a chindi. Now, This says that if the decedent is allowed to pass on outdoors, the chindi will eventually fade away on its own. Now, they say it usually takes the shape of a dust devil. And we've we've seen dust devils. Uh, If you live anywhere like in Texas, you've probably seen a dust devil. Anywhere in the southwest, you've seen a dust devil. Matt, I don't know if you ever have or not. I I saw one today, actually. Oh, really? But but up here, it uh, it was more of a leaf devil. Yeah. And yep. uh, I I didn't I didn't pause enough to tell if it was uh, a good a good leaf devil or a bad one. I just <laughs> drove right through it. <laughs> right. Well, when I was in high school, um, I, I can remember I was leaving a friend's house and I stopped at this stop sign and I looked down the street, you know, to make sure there's no oncoming cars and there wasn't any oncoming cars, but there was a dust devil kind of blowing down the road. It yeah. was about ten feet high or so, and I was. They call, they call him the breeze. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was bad. <laughs> um, so I was kind of interested in watching it rather than moving on. There was nobody else around. So it comes by, and as it goes over my truck, I had a Ranger back in high school. Um, and as it went over the truck, it's rocking that truck like sideways. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm glad that wasn't any worse. Um, it would have knocked over that little Ranger, but. It was wild. It was wild. I, that's the only time I've ever experienced one that close. You know, normally you see it 
out in the field as you're driving. Um, so, so I guess I didn't realize they were that powerful. Some of them can be, yeah, because it it rocked the hell out of that Ranger. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, you know, what I saw was, you know, just a yeah. little little whirlwind, you know, but you know, four four feet, you know, four feet of of a little column of leaves that's spinning around, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just it just blows on. But you drive right through it, ain't no big deal. Yeah, this I've was never like seen a- I've never seen anything that would be kind of an in between between all this and and then like a tornado yeah this was like a micro tornado it was it was wild yeah i've never seen anything like that yeah well like matt said you know he didn't stop to see whether it was a good leaf devil or a bad leaf devil well the way you can tell is according to legend if this dust devil spins clockwise that's a good thing and it's just a normal dust devil nothing to worry about but if the dust devil is spinning counterclockwise that indicates that the chindi in that dust devil contained a whole lot of evil so the chindi move and they can move as a dust devil and if it's spinning counterclockwise then you got a real bad chindi on your hands and you need to move on quickly yeah. Um, they say avoid it at all cost um, because this chindi will probably harm you if it gets the chance. Now, to go on talking about um, after a person dies, this goes on to say that if a person dies inside a home, then the chindi will most likely now have possession of this home because it wasn't able to move on as it would ha- would have if they passed outdoors. Um, so the, the belief is that the home now needs to be abandoned, ritually cleansed, which is an exhaustive process, or destroyed in order to get rid of this possessing spirit. So that sounds a lot like uh, one of the theories of poltergeists uh-huh. that yeah. we have that it takes over the entire dwelling. Yeah. Get, you know, it's one of those situations where like Adam said, it's an exhaustive process. I mean, you know, trying to essentially exercise this home where it would be livable again, you know, in a lot of cases, it's so much trouble and it's so dangerous mm-hmm. that they they feel like it's it's better just to go ahead and destroy the home, right? Than than to try to fool with this, right? Um, but you know, it's not just homes you know any any kind of possession you know an example i found was you know say the person dies and they had a favorite set of dishes or something um you know it it could possess that you know because the chindi is is trying to hang on that's why that's why they hang around after the death is they're trying to they're, they're trying to hang on to to that that body to that person right and, and so into to the, this world yeah into this world and so you know a possession that was close um to this person uh you know something that was favorited um that would almost be good enough yeah so um you know they could attach themselves to that right and and think about it when when people say they want to contact a loved one or something like that in a seance a lot of times they will bring a possession of that person's to the seance in order to make it easier for the spirit to come through because it has an attachment to that possession. A lot of people 
in the Navajo culture believe that a chindi can actually be used by Navajo witches or medicine men to inflict what is called ghost sickness upon others. Now, they do this by planting a piece of the corpse or powder from the corpse's bone on a person's body. If they do this, then it can cause fever, exhaustion, or a feeling of being suffocated, even drowning. Um, so it, it's they make like a, a bone powder or a corpse powder. And I think we've discussed this during our voodoo episode where we talked about corpse powder and stuff. Um, but the the medicine men can make a powder or just a piece of that. And if they want to harm you, then they can place this, you know, this ghost powder in your food and you eat it and then you have the ghost sickness or they can just plant it on you like on your clothes or on jewelry or something like that. And then it can cause ghost sickness as well. Let's look at ghost sickness in the Navajo tradition so that we can kind of talk about that a little bit, understand that a little bit more. Now, this is from ancient origins and unexplainable.net. Ghost sickness is the belief that ghosts are able to cause a living person to fall ill. Now, according to the Navajos, as well as certain other Native American cultures, ghost sickness is caused by a spirit of the dead that's attaching itself to a living person, just like we talked about, or with connecting a person's living thoughts with the thoughts and behaviors of the dead. So that would require some kind of ritual in order to connect those thoughts. Now, those affected by the ghost sickness were said to first associate their experiences with a pervasive and all-encompassing sense of fear, a fear that followed them wherever they went. This was soon followed by nightmares, where the spirits of the dead contacted the living and conveyed messages to them, even hearkening the living to join them in the mysterious world of the dead. That's creepy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Come to me. Yeah. I mean, I I can't, I, I would not want to go through that where you've got something beckoning you to die and come to the other side that that's got to be terrifying but again i mean we've heard this same type of story with other spirits poltergeists in particular Mm -hmm. um where they they just they bring about this this feeling of dread um this just i just i don't want to be alive anymore you know they, they people talk about feeling pulled uh, you know, in 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 a in a an evil direction, mm-hmm. um, just by just by being around, you know, a house that's you know been infested with a poltergeist, um, you know, right. de- demonic possession. We also hear, um, you know, that that feelings of 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 dread or or even you know self harm, yep, you know, things like that. You know, so this is. This is right in line with with those kind of things as well. Mm-hmm, it is. Um, they say other feelings that soon followed included a sense of dread um, and a feverish, almost catatonic despondency, as though the sufferer was no longer living in the world of the living, soon to be followed by hallucinations. So you kind of they kind of go into this catatonic state where they seem to be dead, even though they're not. Um, if you can hear that, sorry, Henry has decided he's going to start barking during this segment. <laughs> yeah, I heard him. I heard him earlier. 
Yeah, he did it earlier. I was hoping he would have gone away or that he would have been locked downstairs or something. But oh well. But it's like Boone. Boone knows that I'm out here. Mm-hmm. And you know they they normally try to keep him in the house when I'm out here because when he knows he'll come and he'll he'll scratch on the door down here. Now, yep. You you see how dark I keep the graveyard now. Mm-hmm. Um. When you start hearing stuff going on downstairs, you know, scratching and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of like, uh, you know, what yeah. the hell's going on down there? Yeah. But he he is all, he can also run at full speed and hit the door, too. Right. Um, so then Which, it sounds like something is going, wham. Yeah. <laughs> you hope it's just uh, Matt's dog and not yeah. somebody trying to break in. Uh, you know, a 90-pound bulldog hitting a, yeah, right. hitting a door at full speed. Yeah. <laughs> So this goes on to say that it's also believed that ghost sickness can even result in death. So as the soul of the affected person could be carried by the ghost into the realm of the dead. So not only does it make you feel like you're dead or feel like you're going to die, but it actually could kill you if it's strong enough or if you give in to it. Now, the Navajos believe that ghost sickness is caused by a person communicating with the dead or by connecting the thoughts of a living person with those of the deceased. Now, in a case mentioned, for example, a Navajo woman develops nightmares about her father following his death from a ruptured appendix. Now, the woman's mother felt that her daughter was somehow connected with her husband's death and that she was plagued by the malignant influence of his spirit. So remember, even though that's his father, it's in in this sense, the Chindi is not good. It's all the bad that was in her father. So it would not, you know, it wouldn't be nice to her in that yeah. sense. Yeah, and that's another thing. You know, as researching this, it doesn't appear that, you know, the Chindi is necessarily that person just evil. It's just the manifestation of right. all, all the evil, all the sins is, is what I read, which, mm-hmm. you know, it, that's really throwing a, you know, a Christian reference on a, a Native American culture. Well, that's what we talked about but in the it, beginning. I, it said I, sin, too. Yeah, I think it gives you kind of it puts you in the right mindset of of what this thing is actually created by. Right. And, you know, as Adam mentioned at the top of the show, you know, the the worse the, the deeds during life, the the more evil the Chindi could be, mm-hmm. but it's not that person. So just because it was her father doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to have some kind of tie to her right. emotionally. You know, this is just essentially, um, you know, a, a a a wad of evil that you know has has been attached to her. Right. Um. And this go the story goes on to say that several years later. The woman had a child, and it was after giving birth that she was stricken with the ghost sickness. So she was plagued by it for quite a while, but didn't actually uh, become ill with ghost sickness until after her child was born. Now, some of the symptoms experienced by the woman included irritability, um, decreased interest in daily activities, and inability to relate well to her husband. Now, the woman's ghost sickness was treated using an approach that addressed both the traditional causes of the illness as well as the biomedical ones that she was facing. 
Um, this says, for instance, a traditional Navajo ceremony was conducted to treat the nightmares and diagnostic measures were taken to determine if her postpartum depression was caused by other endocrinological problems or not. Good Lord. I did that just fine earlier today, and then the mic comes on and my my tongue goes blah, 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 blah. I've, okay. You know, I've never I've never had to write that word in that form before. Yeah, and, and I mean, this is the first time I've ever seen it done like that, so I was like, I'm going to practice this. <laughs> and it didn't help me at all. Well, everybody knows we practice stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. It doesn't matter when yeah. you get here. It's, I think that's half the reason that people listen to us is to hear what we're going <laughs> to screw up next. So uh, they took a, you know, what I would consider as probably the best approach to it. They not only did the traditional Navajo treatments, but they also looked at it medically. So they weren't missing one thing or something else. You know, they, they covered the gamut there. Yeah, they 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 weren't going. Oh, this looks like a chindi when it was really you know postpartum a, a, tre- a treatable postpartum depression yeah. in this case. Right now, this goes on to say that ordinarily the sickness was combated with rituals, but in 1881 many of these rituals were banned. So as a result, the surviving members found themselves using using Western psychology. Still in its infancy in the hopes of exercising the ghost sickness that swept through. So, you know, Western psychology hadn't been developed fully yet, and and they banned the traditional rituals for some reason. So they were having to try to use other means. Um, But this says that many of the ritual's elements were designed with both the pre-Jungian symbols surrounding grief and the more supernatural elements of the tribe's respective traditions in mind. So adapted um, for nowadays. But one of the rituals that I found when looking this up that they said was used to ward off a chindi was a ritual called Enemy Way. Now, This says that uh, this is a traditional Navajo ceremony that was used to encounter or used to counter the effects of the chindi. The three-day ceremony, which includes dance, sand painting, and ritual chanting, involves the summoning of Monster Slayer, which is a powerful figure in Navajo mythology, and there's usually a reenactment of a battle. So this would have, it would have been a, a, a... long involved process mm-hmm. for the ritual to try to battle a chindi or or get rid of a chindi yeah yeah so i mean not not an easy thing to do no not at all and, and a lot of the the research that we did you will you will see that when a, a chindi is set against you there's very little you can do Right. It, it it does not stop. I mean, it it comes after you. It will continue until the task that was set before it is completed. Very much um, like some of the stories of Wendigo that yeah. we have that we read about and talked about is that it is. Uh, I mean, it, it's continuous and it's going to track you down no matter what yeah once you've been targeted there's very little chance of escape 
Right. And so we're going to we're going to kind of get into that. You know, what happens if you if you are if you were targeted? What what you could do about it and how you could protect yourself against being targeted by a chindi. Right. So so getting into this, you know, we, we've talked a bit about about the dust devils and how to identify a chindi. Uh but there's there's some other things that that a chindi can do that are very similar to the skinwalker. Mm-hmm. They're they're shape shift shifters. Uh, say that shape shift. I'll, I'll save shape shifters for you if you say that other word for me. <laughs> I, I, I almost said something else. <laughs> well, shape if you do shift. <laughs> Yeah. If you do, I've got a beep button that I can pull out if I need to. So, but now that other thing would be kind of cool, you know. Yeah. You know, actually, Matt, uh, during the the lockdowns and stuff, uh, quarantine, I, I got so bored that I was actually trying to poop different shapes. Um, I, I was on my way to doing a perfect triangle, but I couldn't get it. You know, I've got the cigar down pat. <laughs> That's for amateurs, man. <laughs> That's beginner stuff right there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we digress. Um, All the time. So, so uh, according to a, a Navajo artist, David Little Turtle, a, a shindy, a shindy, chindy, man, I did it. I did it. Mm-hmm. It's like, now we're going to say chindy tonight. And then I said shindy. And I can't say shapeshifter. It's been a rough night. Yeah, but, I, but I understand. <laughs> but according to David Little Turtle, a chindy can assume any shape or, as he said more accurately, it can inhabit any living thing. Right, now, yeah. Tra- you know, any traditional Navajo has at least one chindy story that they can tell according to little turtle he said they most often will tell you about coming home at night and seeing a coyote walking on its hind legs now he says that if you see a coyote or a wolf walking upright like a human you immediately think werewolf i mean that's what i would think but in the navajo tradition it's most likely a chindy now Go ahead. You'd- oh, yeah. I was just going to say the um, keep that I, two things. Keep that in mind, the uh, bipedal canid in mind um, as we move on throughout some episodes in the near, near future. And also, Matt, that we could do probably three whole episodes on bipedal canids. Oh, yeah. From. Uh, from everything that I have researched, especially here lately, we could do this forever because that is a very prevalent, um, I, I don't know, iconography or, or you know, whatever you want to say. That 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 is a cryptid that is very prevalent throughout the Americas. So it would make sense that, the Navajo from time immemorial would know about bipedal canids or, you know, ha- have seen them or whatever and have their own legend about them. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it it is it is very common, and we do see a lot of stories about you know the the bipedal canid. So yeah, keep that in mind. We got some more stuff coming up about that. Some cool stuff. But another way to identify a chindi is by its eyes, and it says they will appear dead. Um, hey, that's good. Hey, that was that, <laughs> that 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 coyote walking upright. He's got dead eyes. Yeah, look at that. Okay, you got close enough to it to see its eyes. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd keep moving. But Little Turtle says that if your headlights hit the animal's eyes and they don't reflect the light, then you know it's a chindi. So that's how he's describing dead eyes. You know how animals will have the eye shine um, yep. at night when when a when a bright light hits them and and they're you know you see that reflection. You know, you won't see that if the if right. the animal is actually a chindi in disguise. And that's odd for any animal besides like great apes like ourselves or right. whatever. Um, we don't have the eye shine, but most every other animal that's walking around at night will have that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have I have zero eye shine because I am virtually blind in the dark. Night blind. <laughs> <laughs> um. But he says chindis tend to walk out of sight. Uh, they they stay to you know remote areas. They walk along lonely roads, waiting for travelers. And it doesn't matter if the travelers are on foot or in a car. The chindi will wait until the moment is right and cross the path of the traveler, just out of sight. You know, trotting across the road on its hind legs. And this is how the chindi will mark its victim. Now, once a chindi crosses your path, it will follow you for weeks. It stalks its victims by creeping just out of sight and circling. Now, you would you would normally never know it was stalking you, except for maybe an occasional twig snap or you catch a movement out of the corner of your eye in the shadows. So it's really hard to know if a chindi has attached itself to you and is stalking you. That almost makes it so much worse. Yeah. Now, some will say that a chindi is is a type of skinwalker, but you know, and we saw a lot of these same traits when we talked about skinwalkers. Mm-hmm. It can look like a normal coyote or even a person. You know, again, the only way to really be able to tell is by its eyes. And a chindi doesn't maul or eat its victims. So it it says after days or weeks of stalking, it will lie in wait somewhere until the victim looks into its eyes. So see now that's even worse. See now you're thinking, all right, I'm getting I'm getting stalked by a chindi. I've I've seen this thing and I think it's after me, mm-hmm. but I can't tell if that's what it is. I need to look in its eyes. Well. That's what it wants yep. you to do, because that's exactly. how it gets you. You know, you you want to look in my eyes and see if I'm a chindi bang. I got you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so just sneaky jerks. They it goes on to say that chindis are very patient. They will wait in a location for hours, just for the right time for the victim to just glance uh, into its eyes. Um. But when that happens. The victim's spirit is totally consumed. And the description is that something else is left behind. So 
maybe you know a, a zombie like state. Yeah, you know, you're essentially a a body without a spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, after you have been consumed by a chindi. So you could theoretically go throughout or go through the motions uh, of being there, but you're not really alive. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yep. Now, someone might notice the small clues that they're being stalked by a chindi. You know, the twig snapping or that that bit of movement. But as we talked about earlier, it's it's not something that can be easily avoided once you've been targeted. Right. If someone tries to escape the chindi by just staying indoors at night, the chindi will just stare in through a window until the victim happens to look out. Now, they say that this is the preferred method of the chindi. It's a sneaky thing, mm-hmm. you know. It'll wait outside of a window at night, covered just enough in the shadow that it wouldn't be noticed until someone looks directly at it. So imagine you get up at night and you're walking through, you know, the living room and you go, get this something outside and you want to take a peek and it just sometimes you forget yeah and you just go what's outside bam yeah you know a lot of bam in this episode (laughs) (laughs) these chindies man they love the bam yeah they're uh chindies are are possessed with the spirit of emerald lagasse (laughs) 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 well you know Either it's either that or going to be like Guy Fieri, and they're going to take you to Flavortown. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather have Emerald. <laughs> I don't, I don't want God taking me to anything flavorful. That's you know, and then you know when you're when you're attacked by Chindi, you wind up smelling like garlic. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. Um, so yeah, so it, it they they are sneaky sneaky little things. Uh, most and most people. You 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 have to fight that urge, but as we talked about, uh, unless you are just in tune or you have some reason to believe that you might be stalked by a chindi, you probably won't even know until it's too late. Yeah. So if you if you won't know, should you should you be concerned? Should you be worried about a chindi coming after you? Always. Every day, <laughs> every second of every day, all the windows in my house are painted black. Yeah, yep. <laughs> you know those people that used to put tin foil in their windows. I've done that, yeah, and it's only because of the chindi. <laughs> Got theater curtains on everything. Yep, but it depends on your attitude toward Mother Earth and whether or not you have a good heart. So, if you're generally a, a good person and you have a, a good spirit and are kind, chances are a chindi is not going to target you. Right. But if a chindi is set against you, the only way you can stop it is to draw a medicine circle around you and sing or say a prayer for protection. Now, again, from, from David Little Turtle, he says, it doesn't need to be a Navajo chant. Sing or say aloud any prayer you know. The important thing is your attitude. If the chindi sees that you have a good heart, the evil energy will boomerang and will return to the one that set it upon you. So that sounds like other um, uh, other 
things we've talked about with protection against spirits is that it doesn't matter the the words it doesn't matter the religion it just matters your intent the meaning that yes the the meaning and the intent that you put behind it is, is the main thing right words are are powerful but the intent behind the words is what gives them that power exactly we discussed this when we talked about curses mm-hmm. it, it's all about the intent so if if you're doing these things with a pure heart you know and in and in good good faith then you can repel that power of a chindi and and protect yourself but what if you don't know how to draw a medicine circle for protection what if you panic and you can't think of a prayer could you stop a chindi with a silver bullet? Well, David Little Turtle says that no bullet can stop a chindi. And if you kill the host animal, the chindi will simply enter another animal and another right. and another un- until it has worked its vengeance against you. And that Again, that's a quote from uh, David Little Turtle. Can you so, imagine if you killed it and the only thing near it was a butterfly? And now you're being harassed by this jerk <laughs> butterfly. And like it keeps coming up in your face. And What's going on? Oh, it's a, it's a chindy fly. It's all right. You keep a lot of snails with you. Yeah. 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 I'm going to kill it. And here's a snail. <laughs> yeah. Just throw this snail at it Come real on. quick. Now I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna walk away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Catch me, jerk. A slug. <laughs> Come on, slug! Yep. <laughs> no, don't stop that slug. That's, yeah, that's put a the, cup that's over the top slug. of it. Yeah, right. That would suck. <laughs> now, a, a, a talisman to protect yourself against the chindi can be made, and they are typically made from ghost beads, which are made from cedar berries. And, and they are supposed to protect you from evil spirits. Now, this is kind of cool. The beads are made by allowing ants to eat away the inside of the berry, leaving only the shell, which is then punched through on the other end and strung together on necklaces and bracelets. And it, that is really cool because basically the ants do all the work for you and already bore one hole. That's right. So. You, you've already got a hole. You just got to poke one on the other side. Now, here's another cool thing. And I, I showed this to Adam yesterday. I have in my possession some Navajo ghost beads. And that's exactly how they came to me. Navajo mm-hmm. ghost beads, you know, cedar, mine say cedar juniper berries. I got to get me some. The only thing is when I got them, they were much smaller than I thought they were going to be. I guess yeah. I have no idea how big a juniper berry is. Eensy weensy. Yeah, they're tiny. And so when I got them, Amanda's like, well, these are a lot smaller than I thought. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. But it's still that, cool that we got them. That's why when you see the the bracelets or the necklaces, most of the time it's one um, ghost bead mm-hmm. and then several other like turquoise beads and then right. one ghost bead and then several other beads. Um, it's because you couldn't, you'd have to uh, like steal them from 40 trees to get an entire necklace yeah. of them. So now you mentioned turquoise. Now turquoise is often, uh, used to help keep the chindi at bay. Um, 
in, in, com- in combination with the ghost beads. Now, turquoise has unique healing properties, and so that's why you see it in a lot of Native American jewelry. Mm-hmm. Is because it, it does have um, it does have healing properties. It does have powers of protection. So when you combine that with the ghost beads, then you you've got a pretty powerful talisman. And so I've got some turquoise beads on the way too. Nice. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make I'm gonna make one of these and you know see how it turns out and you know who knows I may yep. I may I, you may you may see me in in Gatlinburg in a few years just sitting around making some Native American jewelry or something. There you go. You need to make me a necklace <laughs> while you're at it. Yeah, I got to make Adam a necklace. Can you imagine? He, he that? can practice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Adam wearing this big. You know, so I, got, I got 16 millimeter tur- turquoise beads. You know about this. The <laughs> They're like, 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 like a big giant marble, you know, yeah. it's going to, it's going to look like he was at Mardi Gras. <laughs> <laughs> As we said, most traditional Navajos have some type of story, um, about a chindi. Either it mm-hmm. was told to them by their, their parents or their grandparents, or it was, you know, a, a family story that was passed down, but there just aren't a lot out there of people just saying, Hey, here's my chindi story. Right. A lot of skinwalker stories. And you know, some of them, when you read them, you're like, Hmm, this may not be skinwalker. Maybe chindi. Yeah. Um, but there is one really, really famous one and it is very well documented. And so, uh, I, I researched this story and, uh, with our, with our research assistant, Jeff, um, we managed to put together a version of this story that it, it's, it's incredible. So we're, yeah. we're going to kind of go, we're going to go into the story. Now, as I said, this is the most famous account and it is of the long salt family. Now in the August, September, 1967 issue of the magazine frontier times, John R. Winslow wrote about his encounter in 1925, with a young girl named Alice Longsalt. Now, in the magazine, she is described, or she described the reason for the Longsalt's family's demise. Now, she believed that after two members of the tribe deceived a blind medicine man, he sent a chindi to destroy the Longsalt family. Now, each member of the family was stricken with an incurable illness and eventually died. The The family's ordeal started in 1825, a hundred years before Winslow's discussion with Alice. Yeah. Now, one member became ill when he couldn't sleep because he was having nightmares. Very similar to the, uh, the, the story that Adam told us earlier. Mm-hmm. The angry spirit of a man whom he had killed was tormenting him because he was slain before he could sing his death song. The man's brother told him that he should let it go for he had killed this man in a fair fight recognized by the tribe. So it was not his fault. So in this situation, I mean, I essentially like a trial, he was, he was justified by the tribe in killing yeah. this other man, but was right. still having these nightmares. 
So the man said, the man said he thought he was going to die if something wasn't done to appease the troubled spirit. So the long sought family sought help from an old blind priest from the Segi country. Now this priest had a three-day bajine or a sing over this brother that was being tormented by the spirit. Now on the final day, the the man just he was better. He just he hmm. just let out a sigh and said, "I'm I'm better." And you know he he told he told the uh, the priest how how grateful he was, and and this troubled spirit had departed and he could sleep in peace. Now the old priest requested as payment that the long salts butcher five sheep for him. And, you know, this was a, this was a fair request. You know, he had, he had done this man a service. He had saved his life. Yep. Payment. And the long salt clan was very powerful and they, they were, there were over a hundred. They said that it says the clan numbered in the hundreds. Oh, wow. So there were, there were plenty of them to go around and yeah. they, they had a lot of sheep. So taking five of them as payment for saving one of their lives wasn't an unreasonable request. Yeah, not that big a deal. But the two long salt men who were assigned to slaughter these sheep, they had uh, another plan. Oh, geez. So the old priest village was a pretty long way from the flocks. So taking a shortcut, they butchered five wild antelope instead. Now, they thought the priest is blind. He's not going to know the difference. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you know by taste. <laughs> I would think so, yeah. You know. In in tasting several different wild game. Yeah. If if you're expecting deer and you get boar. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're, you're going to know. Yeah, you know. Hey, it still like, tastes like it tastes like antelope to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you pick up your drink and you're expecting Coke. And you get orange juice or something that, oh, that shock. That's the worst. Yeah, that that I I would think if you're blind, your other senses kind of are heightened. So his, his sense of taste is probably a little better, and he noticed probably right away. <laughs> I would assume that's right. So the older long salt that presented the five carcasses to the priest was unaware that antelope had been substituted for the sheep so here he is presenting this payment to the priest in good faith that he's giving him what he says he's giving him the two men had cut off the heads and the legs at the knees so he was deceived too yeah so this brought about what this brought about what became known as the long salt curse so a few weeks after the payment an older member of the clan died suddenly, even though he had not been sick. And he was a young, strong man and uh, had no reason to just up and die. So as the long sought members um, and, and his young wife mourned the death, they began to feel that something wasn't exactly right. And pretty soon they started to notice a pattern. Every few weeks, another member would become ill, begin to waste away, and eventually die. And it became obvious to the older, wiser members 
that a chindi had been set against them, but they had no idea why. Yeah. The two men who had substituted the antelope finally came clean and confessed what they had done. The family council agreed that they must ask the old priest how they could rectify this situation. I know how. You go beat them senseless in front of the guy. You're like, look, it's their fault, and I'll whoop their butts for you, but, you know. That's right. And, you know, what's what's really unique about this is they they had they've had they had members of the tribe dying, not the two that did the the right. old switcheroo, right? So you know their clan was paying the price for for their misdeed. Yep. So can you be imagine? honest, people? Yeah. Be honest. <laughs> That's right. You know, if if someone asks you for sheep, then give them sheep for crying out loud. Exactly. <laughs> Especially if they saved your life from an evil spirit. Yeah, no joke. So the the priest told them that he had become angry when he discovered the deception. And he acknowledged that he had set a chindi against them. And that chindi's task was to eliminate them one by one. Yeah. So they explained that they had not meant to cheat him. What? Sounds like they meant, they really meant it. You know, they're like, well, yeah, we don't want to go all the way over there where the sheep are, but here's some right. antelope. You know, they're lazy, lazy cheaters. And, and to me, I wouldn't even think that was lazy because you got to get a wild antelope versus some sheep. And, okay, you got to walk a little further to get to the sheep, but they're going to be easier to catch than these wild antelope. And sheep, Th- these are just stupid cheaters, is what that is. <laughs> sheep that you own. Exactly. They're your sheep. The, you could probably you just, call them and they'd yeah, come. Yeah, I was going to say, shake a bucket of corn and they'll come to That's you. That's right. How hard could that be? It must have been a really long way. It must have been. <laughs> or they're really stupid. <laughs> now, the old priest believed that they were sincere, but he warned them that to uphold his reputation, he would have to appease the spirit world. The long salts told the priest that they would pay whatever the price. And the priest sent them away, telling them he was tired and he needed to figure out what a proper compensation would be. And he told them to come back in 10 days. Now, unfortunately, when the long salts returned, they were told that the old priest had died. And they they asked the priest's son if if he knew if his father had called off the curse before he died. But to their dismay... They were not able to determine if the curse had been lifted. And by the time they got back home, several members of the Long Salt clan were sick and dying. So this evil spirit pursued and exacted its revenge on the Long Salts for over a hundred years. And when Winslow met Alice Long Salt, she was the last surviving member of the clan. Mm. Now, strangely enough, Anyone marrying into the family met the same fate. So you didn't even have to be a blood long salt. Alice's mother died when she was seven, when she was seven and she was attending the tuba city boarding school at the Indian agency. Alice's father wasted away to skin and bones dying two years later. Now, the remaining three long salts, Alice's two uncles and aunt, 
were sick, crippled, and essentially helpless. Now, friends cared for them, watching them just fade away before their eyes. Now, a Navajo man named Hostein Behegad. What about that one? Well done. <laughs> you should see how it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably nowhere near the correct pronunciation, but it's good. So, old Mr. Now Hostein. Now endochronological. <laughs> I got to go back to writing these things out phonetically, but I, I, there was no way I could find out how this was pronounced. So. Hmm. But uh, Mr. Hostein, he adopted Alice, and he swore to look after her and protect her from the Chindi's mission. So he kept them moving. He, he kept them moving around. He never stayed in any one place for very long, and his hope was that the spirit would not be able to find them. But in the winter of 1928, still wandering around, a blizzard hit the Hogan they were staying in three miles from the trading post at Red Mesa. And Alice was found dead the next morning. So mm. the final revenge had, had been exacted and the curse was complete. And so that's, that's the story of the Long Salt family. And like we said at the beginning, it was documented in a, in a magazine yeah. you know, back in 1967 um, where Winslow very had- Very popular, very well documented. Yes, absolutely. And- you know, when you begin to research the Chindi, you're going to find this story. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, some, some version of it. Sometimes it's very short, um, but you will find the story of the long salt curse um, and the way that a Chindi was used to essentially massacre their family over a period of a hundred years. Yeah. You know, this is, this is really one of those stories where you want to say, Okay, this this really does sound like folklore. You know, it sounds like stories that you pass down, um, you know, culturally to explain this is why we do this. This this is this is why we we don't speak the name of the dead. This is right. why you know the ceremonial death happens outside. You know, this is why they need to be able to to sing their death song. So that they're don't they're, substitute antelope for sheep. Yeah, that's right. But the, you know, the this is the kind of story. But when you when you start getting into um these traditions and, and you start looking a little bit deeper, then you find that they, these are more than just stories. You know, these are beliefs, right. beliefs that that guide how things are done in in the Navajo tribe. And you know, you don't you don't just I mean you don't just do things ceremonial because you got a really good story that explains why you do it. You know, you you've got to have a belief there. Mm -hmm. there. There's something that a belief that's been passed down from generation to generation that says you do it this way. Or there is consequences right right so you're you do it this way and you do it this way every time or there's consequences for you or there could be consequences in your loved one's transition to the afterlife not being what it needs to be so 
I mean, it really, it really makes you stop and say, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I want to, I want to, I want to believe in this. I want to say, yep. you know, this is, this is something that's, that is done and it's still a possibility today. And, yep. you know, I, I mean, it's no, it, it's no different to me than, you know, any other magical rite or anything that we talk about or any other type of spirit that we've talked about, you know, just because it may not be as widely known around the world as a poltergeist is, doesn't mean that it it's, it's any less legitimate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, 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 to me, I, I kind of stick to the thought that, yeah, this, I mean, this is a thing. This does happen. There are, chindi in the world chindi can be created and um i forgot what other it may have been uh, navajo or cherokee i i can't remember which one but i was reading that they believe not just the chindi but any type of spirit is the bad and all of your good deeds move on to the afterlife right all the good parts of you move on. So the better person that you are, the less there is that hangs around here. Right. You know, so uh, the the more evil you are, the more of you that will stay on this planet. And, you know, I, in a lot of ways, I, I, I tend to believe that, you know. I, I do too. And what makes this story truly terrifying is the fact that we're talking about a spirit that can be directed. Mm-hmm. Weaponized basically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What a great, what a great term weaponized, you know, used as, as a form of vengeance, you know, against another. And in the long salts case, an entire family. Yeah. You know, that's to, wild. to wipe them out. And, that I think makes it it makes it horrifying. The yep. the idea that not only that a spirit like this would exist in this world, but that there are people that would know how to do that, that could harness that type of energy and, right. and set it against somebody. But again, it's it's not something that's done in in vain. I mean, you know, it's not like, hey, I'm 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 a, I'm a bad dude and I'm just going to start sitting chindies on people just cause you know, I don't like them. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, it wasn't something, uh, that was done just frivolently. It was done. Hey, you know, let's, uh, you know, you, you, you cross, you cross this guy that helped you and something bad is going to happen. to you. Right. And, you know, and, and again, you know, we, we've seen history is full of stories like this where it's like, look, you know, you be a good person, you know, you, you be honest, you know, your word is your bond and you'll get through life a lot better when you, when you double cross people, when you lie and you cheat and you steal, you know, it comes back around. I mean, you know, everybody's heard, you know, this could be, you know, Hey, karma's going to get you. Hey, Chindi, Uh Chindi's going to get you. Yeah. Right. Right. But you know, I, I really, I really dug this topic. And, oh yeah, and you know, Native American uh, folklore, spirits, traditions are are really, really fascinating to me, 
And, yeah, um, me too. you know, I've, I've got, you know, a lot of Native American history in my own family. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I think that draws me to it even more because I, I never really knew any of my family that had um, Native American blood. You yeah, know, I, I, I know. I know they were there, but, you know, they were back along my family tree where I was. I wasn't old enough to have known them or met them. And so I, I love hearing this, this history. Yep. And, uh, I mean, I think it, I think it's just, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's fascinating and terrifying at the same time. <laughs> it is. Uh, my great grandmother's grandmother, uh, was native American. So that's, you know, I didn't meet her. That's quite a ways back. Um, but like you, I've got some of it in my family and that may be why I'm drawn to it as well. Um, We've got a thing on our episode topic list that is just Native American legends. And it's something that we'll never fully cross off like we do the other ones <laughs> right. because right. there there's so many that Matt and I want to talk about and go over and everything. And we thought about this one for our Halloween bonus episode here just because of how dark in nature the Chindi really is and, and how terrifying having one set on you would be so what what do you guys think do you think that the chindi are real and that they you know uh, that is a thing and that they can be harnessed for a medicine man's uses or do you think it's just legend and folklore let us know yeah and and the best place to let us know uh is in our facebook group we've got Ooh, pushing what five thousand members now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of great discussion happens. A lot of fun happens in there. And you know, if we've got some Native American members of the graveyard that um, we don't know, or if if you've got you know Native American family that's that's closer to you than Adam and ours, Adam and mine is. Mm-hmm. You know, let us know um, if you've got stories that that go with this you know the stories of they the would Chindi. be great for yeah. the christmas episode if you have stories yeah yeah that would be a that'd be a best thing send those kind of stories in because you know we want to hear them and, and definitely if you've got a chindy story you know share it with us and the rest of the group um but while you're uh you're tooling around on facebook you can slide over and check out our website it's graveyardpodcast.com and on our website you can uh Listen to the show. You can find out a little bit more about Adam and myself. Uh, you can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. I've got my uh, 8-bit Skull Mike logo shirt on tonight. Um, you it's a good-looking logo, this. man. You can find the poster behind me. Uh, you can find our original, the, the Bloody Graveyard Tales uh, logo. Uh, you can get it on everything from coffee mugs to posters, T-shirts, baby onesies, you name it throw pillows <laughs> throw throw pillows exactly uh, but you can also become a patron and as we've as we've mentioned for um you know our ten dollar patrons you get to see the video of adam and i recording the show you get to see our flubs you get to see our retakes you get to see us kind of goof around before we actually hit the record button um you know for the audio version of the show that goes out um you know so if, if you want to see that you know, a, a ten dollar Patreon donation uh, lets you let you see how we do things. 
Um, but we thank everybody that donates to the show. Even a dollar makes oh, a yeah. difference. And uh, we, we try to give you a little bit of perks. You know, we've got bonus episodes that don't necessarily uh, coincide with um, with the normal show topics that we do. Uh, we touch on a little other things. They're, they're a lot more casual. Um, they're, they're not near as long. And, um, you know, we have a lot of fun with it. You know, so if you've been on the fence, you know, hey, it's a good time to kind of, you know, jump in there. You're going to be helping out the show, keeping Adam and I going but you're also going to get some pretty cool t- content as well. Yeah, um, exactly. Always, as I say, rate and review us on iTunes. It helps more people get to the graveyard. So um, I hope you enjoyed the show. I know Adam and I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, until next time, we'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon. Hey man, that man, you're getting strong here lately. <laughs> bringing it. I I went through all the the crappy ones. I got to find some decent ones. Endocrinol <laughs> <laughs> endocrinol Yep. Problems or not. <laughs>